life Caterpillar to a butterfly It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Hey there, Ashley Frasca with you. Green and Growing, thank you so much for listening to the show each and every Saturday morning. I am glad you're here. We're having a blast. The show always goes by so fast. And I've got Greg answering your calls. I've got DeMarco playing some of the best music. And I must compliment DeMarco. The fact that when I went to break after that last hour, the music timed out perfectly with me getting out. Like, that's radio skill right there. You're getting a slow clap in the studio. And that was that was good stuff. It's the little things in this business. And National Radio Day was yesterday. So a happy day after National Radio Day to you and to Greg and everyone else down the hall. We've got all our DJs here this morning. We've got Robin in the newsroom. I guess I could even wish Dave a happy National Radio Day because Dave Baker's been at this much longer than me. But uh, we love what we do. We, we have a good time. And I like having friends as part of the show and uh, really good advertisers and friends of ours here. ChopMyTree.com, Premier Tree Solutions. They've been with us a long time. You hear me talk about them during the week. I don't think there's a job that they can't do. We were just reminiscing, Jeff, years ago about the job we had you do at my mom's house. And yeah. uh, <laughs> tricky trees, man, but you guys got them. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, you did. It was a little <laughs> scary, but by golly, it was done. It was done safely. Yes. I trust them. They've done work for my family, and it's been nothing but a great outcome. And I may have uh, more for you to do, but we'll talk about that off air. 404-872-0750. So some of your calls, Tree Health, Rafael Santiago is here, certified arborist, to talk about Tree Health. And I love, Rafael, in the last hour that you said, you go out and, you know, two out of 10 times is really the small number that you have someone, I know exactly what I want, this is what I want done. But those other eight out of 10, well, what's your advice, Raphael? They want to pick your brain and really make sure they're making the right decision for their trees. That's right. Mm -hmm. So you really have got to be knowledgeable in looking at that and making sure the job is done right. So I'm glad that Fred called from Conyers this morning out east in Rockdale County. Hey, Fred, welcome to Green and Growing. Hey, how you doing, Ashley? Good morning. Good morning. I think you have got a fantastic question for these guys. Yes, I have this huge pine tree, and I don't know, I guess it must be at least 25 inches in diameter, and it's very, very tall. And it's right next to my driveway, uh, a huge driveway. And over the years, I've noticed that uh, the driveway is buckling uh, from appearing to be the roots from this huge tree. And I guess my question would be, what can I do? Uh, Is there anything I could do to uh, eliminate the issue without actually taking the whole tree down yeah so so that's really the pine tree kind of establishing look i was here first you built a driveway and i have a problem with that so yeah i mean that is one of a homeowner's toughest things you know are you going to spend thousands of dollars getting the driveway busted up and put back down and if it's put down close to those roots the same thing's going to happen again again. Yeah. yeah so i guess that comes into root pruning and what's safe to remove how do you handle that 
Well, based on what uh, what Craig said, I think um, it's a 25-inch diameter tree. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a specimen pine tree, and you really don't want to mess with the roots on okay. that. In that case, um, yes, you can redo your driveway, but the problem will persist. You know, the, the root system continues to develop and yeah. grow and expand, and you're going to get have that buck that driveway buckling again. So, um, I do not definitely I don't don't recommend pruning the roots. Based on uh, the information here, it looks like the pine tree is very close, adjacent to the driveway, so there's not much you can do, unfortunately. I don't have a solution for you in that case. I would just live with that driveway that way. Um, unless you really want to fix your driveway, I would take the tree down. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, like when you have those large pieces of concrete come up, and you're going to have to you just over time pick the, the debris and the pieces up, maybe covering back over just that particular spot close to the roots with some crush and run or some gravel or something like that. I mean, that's at least going to allow for some more movement around those roots, <coughs> right? Yeah, that, that could be an option as well. <laughs> so when, when a guy goes out with a chainsaw or some kind of sharp object, it's just like, I'm just going to shave the top of the root like the, the part that you can see above ground like i'm just going to shave that down yes or no no that's a hard no yeah <laughs> no, hard no that. yeah <laughs> please don't oh okay fred well that may be um shoot i mean that may really be the only option is just start removing those pieces that are starting to, to crack and come up and do something else or maybe just i don't know i mean either narrow the driveway in that spot a little bit if you can afford to have it not as wide right there um, or if you have to get a new one poured, kind of redirect it around. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And let me elaborate on that. You know, yeah. there's what's called root pruning, and that's something you can do. But that is you take one or two pieces of the root out. Based on the information that we have here, it looks like it's a large tree. Yeah. So I'm assuming there's a large root zone. Oh, yeah. And it's all over the driveway. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't see a solution for it. So at what point, Raphael, that's, uh, I'm glad you bring that up. You know, we talk about... Um, like the drip line of a tree, you know, as far as the branches go out from the trunk, right. Creek you, can, or root you zone. can assume, yep, the root zone is going to be out that far. So at what point do we really know, do the roots, do they need to be that long? I mean, I guess to establish balance and maintain the tree, they do. They do. They. Uh, I like to say also that they mirror the canopy. So that's the drip mm -hmm. zone, as you mentioned. Uh, so they go as far as the longest branch goes. Wow. So that way you can kind of project mm -hmm. how expensive how expensive your root system is. And they have to go that far. They're mostly looking for nutrients, not so much um, stability. Oh, there's also a lot of stability as well, but uh, there's a lot of uh, search for nutrients and water. So that's uh, extremely necessary to have, you know, plenty of space around the yeah. tree. So right. those roots going out horizontally, how many are underground that we don't see? And which are more important? Which are more important roots are the ones that are underground, like a taproot kind of thing, or the ones that we're talking about that are horizontal? Top later. Okay. Horizontal. That is the most important. Yeah, that's the most absorbent roots, um, or part of the root system that absorbs more, most nutrients in water. <clears throat> and you think about it, too. So, you know, I asked you guys in the last hour to talk about fall planting, you know, and I, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this, but right tree, right place. The power company will tell you that. Tree companies, nurseries, everybody tells you right tree, right place. you got to think... You know, we want everything now. We want instant gratification. But you're planting a magnolia tree that's tiny now, but you're not thinking 10 or 20 years from now how big that thing's going to be. Correct. So with what Raphael just said about the drip line and the roots coming out as big as the canopy, as wide as the canopy is, you've got to think about that. And also height. If you've got, you know, above ground power lines and things like that, 
really do the math and the research <clears throat> on that tree, how tall it's going to get. Don't plant oaks. Don't plant pine trees. Don't plant yeah. Bradford pears. I see a lot of Bradford oh. pears on the utility lines. Oh. Don't do that, please. No. <laughs> Don't plant Bradford pears, period. <laughs> For a whole host of reasons <clears throat> other than that, I had a Good Dr. Point. David Coyle from Clemson University, and they passed legislation in South Carolina recently to ban the sale of Bradford pears. Finally. And that, yep, and that is slowly going to go into effect, I think, over the next two or three years. So the nurseries that are still doing them and, you know, using them to graft for other things are still allowed to do so. But the overall hope there is we'll stop selling them. People will stop planting them. And then the ones that they have are going to split and die and do all the stupid things that they do. So maybe 20 or 30 years from now, Bradford pears won't be a problem for us. Yeah. I mean, bravo, right? Bravo. That's, yeah, that's that's a really good one. Thank you so much for the call, Fred. Sorry we didn't have better news. I mean, that's that's either the driveway or the tree. Oh, yeah. gosh. All right, up next we have Beth calling from her car. I hope you're driving safe in Metro Atlanta. Beth, good morning. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. My question is, um, we have a red maple, we had a red maple in our backyard that was damaged by a neighbor's tree that fell on it. So we cut it, had it cut down to the stump, and it's sending out tons of volunteer... Um, like suckers like almost? Suckers. Right. I know it'll look weird, but is it worthwhile to let it to continue to grow? Hmm. How many do you have? How many suckers are you seeing above ground? They're kind of all in a, a clump at one part of the stump, and there's probably ten okay. in this little this little clump. And like I said, I know it'll look very strange. It won't look like the beautiful tree I had before. But um, I, you know, I just thought, well, it's growing. It's it's probably about four feet tall right now. These little volunteers yeah so do we have that option Raphael? is that going to become a <coughs> full solid healthy tree uh well i was going to ask you a question uh, beth how how much of the tree was taken out how much damage did it do well um it it just really took off a ton of branches it was would you say about half different. of the canopy yes okay yes and it just um it didn't break the tree or anything but it just ripped off of its branches and it was kind of just like a little stalk at the top that was left right so we felt like it just take it down right it seems like it was a pretty big shock to the tree once you have that much impact and uh, the bad news is if you don't like the water sprouts the suckers uh you're gonna have to live with them because they're gonna continue to sprout back that's uh that's what happens when the tree goes under some type of stress it could be mechanical it could be a disease they start producing a lot of water sprouts or suckers. Are we able to keep one, though, to make it a viable tree? You can keep... Well, it depends on the species for maple trees. Um, I've never <coughs> seen a sucker grow long enough that becomes a branch. Oh. I don't know about you, Jeff, if you've seen anything like that. But, um, I th like I said, I don't think the suckers are responsible. They're weakly attached to the trunk. They mm -hmm. come off really easily. They don't yeah. grow to be long branches, like I mentioned. So Shoot. they're not going to absorb as much sunlight. Okay. And, uh, and I mean, they're having to piggyback off of the roots from the tree that was removed. Mm -hmm. So that's probably not the best, you know, start for Correct. for it to actually become something viable. Darn, Beth, I was hoping maybe so, because crepe myrtles, same thing. You know, they throw off so many suckers. And if you leave them Different long case. enough, yeah. that will become oh, a trunk. Yeah. They're <laughs> you know? nearly impossible to die. Yeah. yeah. They're going to just keep growing back. No doubt. I mean, you got to use that sucker stopper or something. But even then, that's, that's tough to stay after. So, um, I mean, and... 
what's ultimately going to make that stop in Beth's case is having that stump <clears throat> removed and ground down, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you for the call. That was a good question, Beth. Really appreciate that. 404-872-0750. When we get back, another question for the guys at ChopMyTree.com. Chuck in Gainesville, an ornamental tree needs to be straightened. So we'll find out what tree he's got and what direction it's leaning. Maybe we can fix it. Uh, your calls as well, 404-872-0750. And coming up at the bottom of the hour, Pike Nursery with some deer-resistant plants, things that you can plant that they're not going to touch. You may want to have a pen and paper handy. That's going to be some good info. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. It's Scott Slade. Did you know you can listen to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me too, weekday mornings. Just tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB, and we're on. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Ashley. Hello, 825. Welcome back to Green and Growing. Uh, talking about all these calls are so good. Jeff and Raphael and I are having a hard time picking which one to take. So we've got a couple of minutes here before yet another break. So Jerry's on the road calling about an oak tree. And so you're looking for like a branch that's going to sustain the kids playing on it or maybe a swing, Jerry. What are you looking to do? Um, so I have a scarlet oak in my front yard that we planted when we bought the house. And it's a beautiful tree, um, and I've been pruning it so the kids can climb way up in the tree. But now about 15 feet up, there's a gap between limbs, and I need a limb to grow because they, they're not big enough to span that gap. And I was wondering if there's a way I can encourage a limb to grow in a certain spot on the trunk of the tree. Interesting. Okay, so yeah, I didn't have your call right at all. So can we direct a tree's energy, Raphael, to be like, throw out a branch there? I'll be honest with you. That's a first. That's a first question. And that's an I never, yeah. fascinating yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. I don't think you can direct a limb to a certain direction. No, not that I've ever. Yeah, I don't think you can do that. Right. I think. No. I mean, there are ways for you to pick the best branch for you to set up your 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 swing yeah. there, but I don't. I don't see it happening. So, like when the kids grow. are climbing from limb to limb, there's this. What did he say? Fifteen foot gap where there's no well so that's yeah. just as high as the kids can climb i guess that's kind I guess of a so. bummer yeah yeah oh they and can't even, get even the if there the is a way i think it would take you know longer enough yeah. that your kids will be adolescents by the time <laughs> <laughs> grown well, up yeah. they'll be like 100 pounds and yeah. they won't really climb trees they're anymore. not gonna be interested anymore that is really that is a fascinating thing though i think any extension agents listening that could actually be a really cool research project like yeah. how could you inject a hormone or do like a scraping or something. Yeah, there are ways to propagate, right? Yeah. Branches and to, to certain... Uh, and grafting and stuff like that. But really to tell the tree, hey, this is a bare spot. I want a limb to grow there. That's yeah. an interesting idea. Yeah, it'll be a challenge. Okay. Yeah. All right. Someone's going to make money off that idea. And I want Jerry <laughs> to check back in and we'll let him know when they do. Fascinating question. Good. Um, taking nodes off of an oak tree. Keith is asking about that. And Chuck, an ornamental tree that needs to be straightened. I love these calls, guys. Don't go anywhere. Pike, Nurse, Pike Nursery up next to talk about deer-resistant plants. And we'll get back to Premier Tree Solutions and ChopMyTree.com right after this. You're listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. Caterpillar to a butterfly. 
It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. All right, Green and Growing going into the last half hour of the show. Gosh, it goes by fast. Walter Reeves joined me at 6.30 this morning to talk about uh, tomato diseases. I've had the gentleman from Premier Tree Solutions, ChopMyTree.com, on since 7.30, so for the last hour. And we still have more calls to go. So, Jeff and Raphael, y'all don't go anywhere. Um, And later today, I'm actually going to get right on this on a Saturday instead of Monday morning. I will have the show uh, posted on WSBRadio.com on demand. You can go back and listen to each of the three hours. Spotify, Google Play, all of that. If you missed any parts of the show while you're out and about this weekend, I would love for you to listen to it as a podcast. All right, up next, I've got Pike Nurseries with me every Saturday morning. We are blessed to talk to one of their incredibly talented and knowledgeable managers. So Allison Smith, she's been on the show before, manager of the Holcomb Bridge Store. How are you, my friend? Good morning. It's good to hear from you. I'm actually at the East Cobb store. So, did you, <laughs> so my buddy, did you my move? buddy, Kara, oh, Kara's, no, my buddy Kara's over at the Holcomb Bridge oh, store. Goodness. I'm over at East Cobb, so, but we're, we're all happy where we're at. I had Kara on last week, so just totally <laughs> yep. changed the name and not the store. So go see Allison at the East Cobb location, folks. Come and, see us yeah, all. Tell Kara hi at Holcomb Bridge. Well, I um, will. Good morning. <laughs> I am so glad you're here. So this is something that all of my callers and my listeners yeah. beat their head against a wall. We love the deer. They're beautiful. We like having them sure. as part of our landscapes at times. Um, but deer, deer, go away. Ah. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, we are not yes. we are not fans of their health, quote unquote, mm-hmm. in the garden. That's for sure. Uh, I know that first-time gardeners, or especially what I get a lot of in our store, people who have moved to the area or they've just decided to develop part of their yard. They get really excited about gorgeous plants that do well in that area. And then one morning, <laughs> they go out there and, and, and it's disaster. It's because- devastating, yeah. Those deer will approach some plants like it's the Bellagio Buffet, Ashley. <laughs> they go crazy. They do. And they're sneaky. Uh, they yeah. do it at night. They are. So what they have are. you guys they found are. as far as characteristics or textures, you know, types of plants that they don't prefer, that they'll actually not touch? You know, it's a great question because that's exactly how to approach it. Um, deer in general, now nothing is off the table for deer. If they're hungry enough, they may find a way, but don't be discouraged. Uh, In general, plants with strong odors that we like, but they're just strong odors, or if they've got prickly, rough foliage, Mm. plants with thorns, fuzzy or hairy foliage, like lamb's ear. Oh, I love that. Um, Yeah. yeah. Or bitter tastes, anything like that. They they do not prefer those things. Now, how do we know um, if it tastes bitter to a deer? (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. We like to, well, all the all of the associates of Pike Nurseries, that's our job to know that and help you. We don't taste test our plants, but we do know the information. <laughs> right. um, and Except for the herbs. I can tell you we taste test herbs, which are one of my favorite things to introduce into planter boxes um, to, that, that deer may come around. Mm-hmm. It, will, it will deter them when they smell all those lovely scents that we like to use in cooking or as ornamental in our uh, planters and containers. So that's the first one. 
that uh, that you can add in there. Yeah. What are some others? Because y'all suggest maybe these these plants you're getting ready to rattle off, Allison, are yes. maybe good ideas to even use as a border to protect the plants that are more prone to deer like damage, like hosta and things like that. So if you use these yeah. that are kind of deterrents, plant them around the things you want, then you're protecting, you know, insulating the ones you want to keep. Absolutely. And and in addition to that, some of the guys I'm about to jump into and talk about are also beautiful. We can get flowers in our garden that deer will not eat. And a lot of people uh, are hungry to know that information. Um, let's just talk about a couple perennials that are okay. my favorite. Echinacea, known as coneflower, they're gorgeous in the garden right now. We've got loads of them in all our pike nursery. They come in a variety of colors and heights. So you can get whites to corals, deep reds, purples, yellows, oranges. I mean, it's just a rainbow of really hardy, heat-tolerant, deer-resistant flowers. Mm -hmm. And they're perennial, so they come back every year. It's a great investment. Um, Likewise, Rudbeckia is the fancy name for Black-Eyed Susan. Mm -hmm. A lot of people see these around. They're very bright, also strong flowers. The deer don't like the little prickly brown or dark orange centers in the the Black-Eyed Susans. So they stay away, and you get that bright sunshine in your garden. Um, most people know about Lantana, Ashley. Right. Uh, it's very heat tolerant, drought tolerant, bright pinks, red, uh, reddish orange and yellows uh, in the garden. And those can last. I've seen Lantana make it all the way into early October in the garden. And again, a perennial comes back every year. Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, y- yarrow uh, is really pretty. It's a softer flower and look in the garden. It looks like the deer would chomp it up, but they stay far away. So that's a great option as well. And those all come in different heights and, uh, and colors. So those are pretty um, flowers to add in. Okay. Now what about going, some greenery? Yes. Uh, going back to that question, which I love. We've got, um, for the full sun, you can get spiky conifers or junipers mm-hmm. that are low-growing that you can border around in your ornamental beds that deer, deer usually won't trespass past. So they, they really do stay away from that prickly, again, going back to that texture that they dislike. Also, if you want ornamental grasses, which are a big hit in this area, those pretty plumes, deer tend to stay away from ornamental grasses because the texture. Though they look really flowy and soft and pretty, if you really feel those blades, oh, not sharp. awesome on the tongue. Yeah, right. that's right. That's right. Not something you want to pet yourself. So they can <laughs> uh, give you a little paper cut there. Right. Um, and then, of course, we've got the boxwoods. Uh, deer, deer stay away from boxwoods. The texture, the glossiness, the real thick leaves, they'll usually stay away. In my experience, also for some shade gardeners, of which I am, um, camellias can be good. Hmm. They've got real thick leaves. Um, the flowers can be tempting, but if you, if you pair these with some, some other guys, the deer usually stay away. And then lastly, for our bright, bright, sunny yards, uh, cactus and yucca are great. I mean, we don't hug the prickly cactus or pet them either. So the deer aren't going to put their tongues on those. But again, that texture, they'll keep they'll keep them away. That's a good suggestion. Yeah, that's going to determine. And yucca are pretty easy to do. You get that one spiky bloom from the center, you know, once a year. Those are fun to look at. So 
Um, a lot of folks want products, Allison, and we really have to yeah. be careful. We have to look for all natural products that won't yes. harm animals because, of course, you're not just targeting the deer. You've got dogs and cats coming in and out of the yard. Uh, Melorganite is something that I have found. It's an yes. organic fertilizer, kind of made from like a sewage compound, but the smell deters them. But also, it's a slow-release fertilizer, so two-in-one. But you guys have a product, uh, Go Away, the Deer and Rabbit Repellent. Yes. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Melorganite. It is my favorite um, and because it's a a two-in-one. And we can circle back to that. But uh, as you mentioned, we do have some products that are all natural that keep deer, rabbit, and even critters, maybe you don't know if they're chipmunks or squirrels or what they are out there, that will deter them. They are all natural. The way they work is, again, scent-related. We've got uh, the go-away deer and rabbit um, uses like peppers and strong scents so that it's not only a bad smell, but even if the deer tastes it, they're not, they're not going to be that interested, uh, kind of disgusted, and they'll move along. Um, it, it also triggers an animal's instinct to kind of run away, sure. but it's not going to hurt them. It's not even going to hurt their little tongue. They're not going to have indigestion, I don't think. Um, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we, we've, not, we've not seen any, <laughs> any deer vomit in yards afterwards, so that's good. Um, and we've got them both in sprays and in granulars. Perfect. So if you don't, if you don't even want to smell it, because um, it can be kind of smelly when you spray it in the liquid form, and you just want to sprinkle out those granulars and then water them in and, and go back on your, with your day, We've got both of those options. Again, organic. Um, one thing that's important to note, uh-huh. uh, especially with all the rain we've had, Ashley, rain, like everything, can dilute stuff, right? Anytime we add water, it's going to dilute. And likewise, deer, when they come around and they, they smell the same scent, they can kind of get used to it after a few weeks. What I recommend for my clients is kind of take a, a, a double approach. Um, every, every three weeks or three to four weeks, three weeks if it's heavy rain like we've had, Mm -hmm. switch it up a little bit. Maybe go Melorganite to go away deer and rabbit or Repelzol. Switch it back and forth. Um, I know there are are gardeners out there who like to use coyote urine or fox urine-based products. You can incorporate those in as well. The deer will be kind of thrown off, and they won't get too used to any one smell, and that way you can keep them at bay while you're out there not having to do it every week great advice so kind of mixing and matching and keeping them on their toes and allison you've got a lot more great advice that i'm going to point folks to the green and growing wsb facebook page because there's other ways that we can deter them Um, but of course all the products there at pike nursery that you just mentioned where do we find out our nearest pike nursery location Ah, thanks for asking. As always, go to pikenursery.com. We've got links on there to locations. We've got 15 here in the Atlanta area, so I'm sure there's one nearby. I think so. Well, Allison, great suggestions. Again, I'm going to put the plant list up that you just uh, ran through for folks and also some other ideas that you had. Green and Growing WSB is the Facebook page. Allison, always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, If you're in the East Cobb store, make sure to tell Allison hello for us. Thanks so Thanks, much. Guys. We'll have talk. a great day. You too. We'll talk to you soon. Always fun to have Allison along. 404-872-0750. All right. Chuck in Gainesville, patiently waiting to talk to Jeff and Raphael with ChopMyTree.com. You've got a good question about an ornamental tree, Chuck. Good morning. Hi. Uh, good morning, Ashley. And uh, it, 
that lady Allison from uh, Pike. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I didn't believe this, but uh, my wife made a comment. She said, did you trim the ivy in the containers on our front porch? <laughs> and I said, no. And she said, well, we had two deer standing out there chomping down on our ivy, literally looking in our front window. They pruned so, it for you. <laughs> they pruned for it. You should have so, just taken the anyway, credit, Chuck. You should have been like, yes, honey, I was out yeah. doing landscaping yeah, a little I earlier. I was working hard. <laughs> right. I was really working hard for you. I, I don't know what this tree is. It was put in, and uh, it's a, it's about a three-inch diameter, but it's leaning towards the street, 30-degree lean. It's The canopy is approximately four feet wide, and the whole tree is only about seven feet in height. And it has very light green leaves. I, I want to call it like a quince, quince tree. It has very pale, light, thin uh, white blossoms okay. in the spring. And I even took several photographs. I can send it to your homepage. Sure. But I'm just trying to figure my logic would be wait to the dead of winter and dig this up and try to figure out how to straighten it. Um, I did put some tie lines on it, but that did not work. It with all the rain we've had over the last year, if you will, it is slowly it looks like the leaning tower of pizza. I mean, uh-huh. the thing is. Pisa. It's actually leaning towards the street, a good 30-degree lean. Wow. And I, this is getting crazy. Right. Okay, so uh, Raphael's got a couple of things going through his head. Really quickly, what are some solutions for Chuck? So, Chuck, you mentioned that you tried to stake it up, and it, that didn't work. Mm-hmm, it was right. just too wet. Yep. Gotcha. So... Um, I would go with that option again, actually, and uh, I would like to see some pictures. Uh, if you can send that over to Ashley's Facebook page, that would be great. Uh, that way we're going to have more insights for you. That would be cool. And then I can email you and Jeff, yeah. and we'll get Chuck an answer. Um, what At what point do you need to maybe dig around the roots, you know, on the side that's leaning downward? Uh, at what point does it behoove a homeowner to dig up around those roots and maybe kind of build them up with some soil or something? Would that level out the trunk or not really? That does, and the the right time to do this is right now, actually, when okay. the tree is still young. You don't want to do that with the mature tree, obviously. Yeah. Um, so right now, it would be a, a good time for him to try and do that. And you didn't seem alarmed that he said seven feet high, the canopy's coming out about four, like that's not too big. Four, it sounds four like four a, a small tree still. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Uh, Chuck, do that. Get on Facebook and look up Green and Growing WSB, and you can private message me the photos of this tree or... Um, share them right there on the timeline and i will get those to uh premier tree solutions to chopmytree.com and we'll kind of give you some advice if just tying it up is not working to straighten it out thanks for the call we're going to jump out and take one final break and talk to keith and hiram taking the nodes off of an oak tree we'll be right back you're listening to wsb weather update this weekend brought to you by finley roofing today and tomorrow there's a 30 to 40 percent chance for precipitation scattered thunderstorms of course highs around 90 and we're going to keep with that trend into the beginning of the work week your complete weather forecast coming up in less than 10 minutes here on wsb i've got jeff roth Rafael Santiago with me. we got about a minute to talk to Keith and Hiram. Hey, good morning, Keith. What's your question? Hi, good morning. Going back to the root system you were talking about earlier, I have some really old oaks that we put the house in. Got to be 100 years old. They are growing off the uh, uh, horizontal root. They're growing these giant nodes that pop out of the ground. Can you cut those? and not hurt the tree. Um, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Do you, Raphael? I think I do. I think these are mechanical injuries, actually. When you see nodes on exposed roots in the surface of the ground, I think something might have hit it, and then it became a scar. It became a node. You, does oh, that make but, sense? 
Yes, it does, because I mow around there. But, they, I mean, they're growing like not, I mean, they, you know, over the years, I guess they're, what, six, eight inches out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And it, it's an eyesore, right? Is that the reason why you want to get rid of it? Uh, also, the, uh, easier to mow. Uh, eyesore, trip hazard, the yeah. whole, you know. So the long and the short answer to that, Raphael? That'll be that'll be no. You don't yeah. want to cut through that. I mean, if you see a dead piece of wood hanging and clinging to the root system or to, to a piece of root, maybe you can get rid of that, but don't cut through the live tissue of the yeah. root system. Because it already sustained an injury, possibly. Then we're going to injure it again. You don't want to injure it again. Shaving it down or cutting it down. Ah, Keith, I'm so sorry. Jeff's advice? Maybe make a garden bed around it. You know, just keep extending a bed out around that tree. That way you're not having to worry about mowing the grass and all that around it. Um, thank you both so much. Thank you, Ashley. We will have you back next month. Chopmytree.com. You hear me talk about them all week long here on WSB Premier Tree Solutions. Chopmytree.com. If you need help, get on the books now. These guys stay busy, so they want to help you. And uh, Visit me on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page if you need more information about this great company. Glad to have them on once a month. Take care. It's been a fun Saturday morning, and I'll be back next Saturday, 6 to 9, right here on WSB. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.